find your way back to your seat. We want to get into the Word this morning. Uh, we so very much uh, value and appreciate fellowship. Uh, it's part of our worship. Giving is part of our worship. Did you know that the Word of God uh, is, is received better, according to what the Bible teaches us, after we praise and worship and give glory to God and honor to God because it's due His name? Did you know that it does something to prepare your hearts to receive the Word of God? which transforms us. So we, we talk about entering into worship and not just being a casual spectator, but a, a participant in worship. Um, God doesn't owe us anything, but you know what? He's given us life. He's given us breath. And, uh, and I am so excited uh, for His Word this morning. I can't tell you, uh, God's been burning inside of me just throughout this 40 days. And I'm so excited about the testimonies that I'm hearing. Just heard another one of, of, of a gentleman that said, you know, Pastor, after that 40-day challenge, um, I had kind of just, as many of us do, kind of drifted away a little bit from some of my patterns and my habits of being into the Word regularly and, and just kind of got caught up. Uh, uh, do you know how much time this little sucker here can consume of yours? Uh, checking the news, checking social media, checking whatever. And we're always tethered to these things. But you know what? If you can put that down and pick up your Bible. And if you're a person that has a hard time uh, getting into your Bible on your phone without going to 10 other apps, then put this down and grab the old-fashioned one right here. And, and that's mine falling apart. That's good though, right? It means it's being used. Um, yeah, I hate it when that happens. I need some more duct tape. Um <laughs> But listen, put, put down the phones and the distractions and give some focus and some attention to God's word and I guarantee you, it will transform you. It will change you if you allow it to. And when you open it up, like we did in our class this morning, our leadership class, um, we said, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Uh, not just empty words on a page, but we invite your Holy Spirit to speak to us through the word of God. And the Lord does that supernaturally. So if you ha haven't done much on this 40 days, um, there's still opportunity for you. And so this morning, uh, I want to talk about Lent and Ash Wednesday. And for one of you volunteers, I'm going to take and, and rub a nice cross on your head with my ash here. Um, some people still do that, do you know? And that's, that's not actually a terrible thing. We're going to talk about kind of what that's all about and some of the rituals that sometime um, we've seen in the church and maybe religious organizations. But what is Ash Wednesday? What is Lent? What is it all about and why does it matter for, for you and for me? Uh, but before we do that, I want to talk about, talk about spring cleaning. It's a beautiful day out today, isn't it? Sunny, sun's out, it feels nice. If you're like me, you start to get anxious for spring, right? I love spring cleaning. How many of you like getting the cobwebs down and getting up? Anybody here love spring cleaning, doing the windows? Yes, it's exciting. My kids love it when I'm in the mood to clean. Not really. Um, but, you know, your windows get dirty outside and inside. And it just, there's nothing, if you're an OCD freak like me, there's nothing that feels better than after you've done a, a good deep cleaning, right? Like, give me a closet to organize and to straighten up and to clean up, and I feel so much better after doing that. But you, you do the spring cleaning, and that's the time of the year it is, right? Spring cleaning time is coming, 
Aren't you glad spring's coming? It's on the way, and we're, we're, we're claiming that prophetically. Um, we believe that in this church. Stand upon the promises. But spring cleaning is a time that um, is not just necessary for house cleaning. Uh, it's necessary for house cleaning. Well, Lent season, which is kicked off on Ash Wednesday, is this Wednesday. Um, and I know that we don't talk about it a lot in this church. It's not necessarily... Um, spoken about in scripture actually, um, but there are some really important principles that we learn from Ash Wednesday and Lent season. So Lent is actually 40 days leading up to Easter. It's actually 46 days and a lot of people don't realize this. Um, we celebrate in our churches across America Easter Sunday as being the biggest Sunday of all. And you know why? Because we get the chocolate bunnies. And the peeps, where's Mitchell? Mitchell loves peeps, right? They're the Easter bunny and the Easter egg. No, it's because it's, it's Resurrection Sunday is what we celebrate, right? But it's not just once a year that we celebrate that. In fact, Lent season is 46 days because there are six Sundays in that time period. And those six Sundays are meant to be a time of celebration and of rejoicing and celebrating God for all he's done, for who he is, and for what he's done, and for who you are because of what he's done. The 40 days in between that 46 days is meant to be, and is supposed to be, a time of sober reflection. From And, and to help you understand, it's, it's, it's not exactly, it's not talked about in the Bible, but some of the ideas are, and Ash Wednesday had its origins in the early church, somewhere between the 6th and the 8th century. The idea was that a Christian, as a sign of repentance, would sprinkle his head with ashes. That's why the ashes. The idea came from the Bible because ashes were always associated with humility, with morality, with fasting, and with remorse. It's important for us. If you had sinned against God and you felt remorse about that sin and you were repentant about that sin, then sometimes in the Bible you would sprinkle ashes on your head as a sign of that sorrow and repentance. It's a really important word this morning that I want to make sure that we get as a church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would remove every distraction, every hindrance of the enemy that would seek to hinder what you want to speak to us today. God, I pray that our ears would be open, but more importantly, our hearts would be ripe to receive what you have to speak to us today by your Holy Spirit, not words of a man, but words from you, our Heavenly Father, that you'd speak to us, Lord, through, through me today, and our hearts would be transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit, and we would be attentive and responsive to what you have first this morning, in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. you know, every time we get together, um, we know that God has something for us, but we also know the enemy wants to distract you. Did you know that? Um, so maybe you're sleepy this morning. If your spouse starts to nod off, I give you permission to put the elbow in their side. And, um, but let's be focused because I do think this is an important word for us this morning. 
Ashes were supposed to remind you that you were mortal and that you would eventually become ashes after you die. We're only ashes and, and we need to repent of our sin now while God gives us time of grace. And so today is, and this Lenten season is very important for us. During the 6th and 7th centuries, Christian churches thought about this idea and people in private uh, at times would sprinkle again the ashes over themselves as repentance and eventually this became a public practice. Instead of sprinkling ashes on your head, ashes would be rubbed into the forehead in the shape of a cross and it was a sign of repentance. Have you ever seen anybody through this season that would do that? And often in the Catholic church, they would, they would take and they would rub into their foreheads a sign of the cross. Some churches today retain that practice and, and we, don't, uh, we don't particularly do that here in our church, but we, we may not carry that practice out, but I, I don't believe that there's anything wrong with that practice. In fact, I, I don't look at people that do that and say, oh, they're, they're a freak or they're weird, and nor should you. I think there's something that should be a real eye-opening to all of us that people take seriously the need for repentance and living in a perpetual state of brokenness before the Lord. Because you don't just sin once. In fact, let me just, a quick test for those of you who are really with me and honest this morning. How many of you have, have sinned maybe once this week? Just once this week. Raise your hand. There's a lot of liars in the room. You just sinned. So, um, just joking, but the reality is, is we all do. And so, so what's important? What's important is, is not whether or not you have ashes on your forehead, but what's important is what's going on in your heart and what's going on in your soul, even this morning. So for every Christian, ashes or not, Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of this, this, this somber season of Lent. Lent is a 40-day time span from now till Easter, and it's a time when we focus on Christ's battle with sin and Satan that he waged in order for us to have our salvation. Easter shouldn't be a time of Resurrection Sunday where we just, one Sunday a year, oh, thank you, Jesus. I want our hearts to be prepared through this next 40 days for a great awakening of the church. So, like I said, every Sunday is considered like during this time, a mini Easter, if you will. A time of joy, a time of celebration of Christ's resurrection. We remember the battles that Christ fought on our behalf. And, and particularly, why 40 days, people say? Well, right after Jesus was baptized, if you remember, the Bible tells us Jesus then went out into the desert and he, to fast and to be tempted by the enemy for 40 days, by the devil for 40 days. And for Jesus, those 40 days, they were a time of introspection, a time of uh, when he was, in, when he was um, in the battle being tempted by the devil, but would emerge even stronger than before he went in. Lent is a time when we make the journey that, with Christ and we, we think about our temptations, we think about our sin and we repent. After these 40 days, I believe that we, just like Christ, will emerge stronger than what we were before. Lent is a time to evaluate yourself in the light of God's word. It's a time to abandon the sins that, that have grown 
that you've grown accustomed to committing in your life. In some sense, we don't even realize we're doing. It's a time to receive God's forgiveness and strength to lend a stronger Christian life. It's a time to renew your desire to serve God and to be Christians that God made you and I to be. So I, my prayer, I know that we just finished the 40 days of transformation. And, and you may say, Pastor, another challenge, another... Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we have to stay on our toes. We can never grow complacent. We can never grow satisfied with where we're at. I believe that throughout this 40 days of transformation that we just ended last week, some of you have really grown in your walk with the Lord. But I hope you're not satisfied. I hope you're not content to say, oh yeah, that's good enough. How many of you want more? I want more of God. I'm hungry for more of God. I want God to change me more. And I need to be changed more. Amen? So look in your Bibles at Isaiah chapter 59, verses 12 through 20. We're going we're gonna to talk about and break down in the next few minutes this Lenten journey that Isaiah talked about in Scripture. Um, I, I'm going to probably, as opposed to reading this whole passage right now, I'm going to just break it down verse by verse, and we're going to walk through it together as we talk about spring cleaning, spring cleaning in our house and preparation. Let me say this to you. Can, can I ask you over the next six Sundays to come into worship with a renewed passion, enthusiasm, excitement to encounter God? Can I ask you to come every Sunday prayed up and prepared and say, God, when I enter into worship, it's not about what I can get, it's about what I can give. And just come in ready to offer up a sacrifice of praise, regardless of what you're going through and where you're at, so that you can be prepared for what God wants to do in you. There's a lot of Sundays that you don't feel like praising God because you've had a crappy week, yeah. right? Has that ever happened? But I really want to challenge you, these next six Sundays, as we're in the Lenten season, go through your week with a, a sobering reflection and a, and, and a sense of introspection of where you're at, where you're go, what you're going through, where you're living. But come in on Sunday morning and let's celebrate every Sunday like it's Easter Sunday, that He's risen, right? And, and I can tell you this, I believe that that will create... Uh, uh, some, uh, an atmosphere in this church that will be contagious and that will begin to spread like a wildfire because it goes from you to you to you to you to you. And we'll be expecting God to do great things in our midst. Amen? So come with that. Praise the Lord. Give Him a clap offering of praise. Let's do that. So look, look in your Bible at Isaiah. chapter. Uh, we're in chapter 59. So right, right away in verse 12, this is what we read, verse 12, our offenses are multiplied before you and our sins testify against us. That's true, isn't it? If, if we were to count all the sins that we've committed in just one week, and I know some of you lied a minute ago, that's okay. Um, and, and remember, sins include not just your deeds, but your thoughts, right? If there was only one of those bubbles above our head that people could see what we're thinking throughout the day, wouldn't you hate if some of your thoughts were up on the big screen like that? Like some of you are thinking right now, I wish that guy would just shut up and move on. And, you know, if that was up there, sins, not just the things you do, but the things you should do and you don't do. If you were able to count all these sins, 
your offenses and mine would be many. Right? Thousands, millions of sins testifying against you in God's court of law. Let's continue on verse 12b, second part. Our transgressions are ever with us. We acknowledge our iniquities. That's the next slide. We acknowledge our iniquities. There you see a key phrase as we think about Lent today. Lent is a time when you look at yourself and you acknowledge that there are some things that that need to be fixed up. There is some house cleaning that needs to be done. And don't nudge your spouse right now either. We're talking about you, right? Yeah, listen, listen to what he's saying. You need you need to clean up. No. I need to. We need to take advantage. And, and I always say this, you know, don't worry about the weeds in your neighbor's garden. You've got enough weeds in your own garden to deal with, right? Take care of your stuff. Things that need to be changed, things that need to be adjusted, my attitudes, maybe my lifestyle, things that I need to take ownership of. Listen to Isaiah describe some of those things that, that he sees uh, that are wrong in, in verse 13. Transgressing, transgressing and denying the Lord and turning back from following our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart lying words. Oh, those aren't things that I do, Pastor. Are these sins that you've committed in your life? Take, take a close look at yourself and ask yourself some questions. What are my sins? What, what are my sins? And you don't need to take out a notebook and start writing them all down. But you, this is some soul searching because we all have issues uh, that we want to call issues or my stuff. Or let's just call it what it is, right? What are my sins? Where am I not so Christian in my life? Christian to be like Christ. Where am I not so Christ-like in my life? What kind of person am I? Am I really loving Do I show that love with my words and with my actions? Am I really patient? Am I short-fused? Do I get angered very easily? Do I really love God more than anything else in my life? Do I make sacrifices for Him? Am I peaceful? Or do I like to fight and to assert my will over other people? What kind of person am I? Think about that. It's awful quiet in here. I can smell the smoke burning. (laughs) What are my weaknesses? What are my sins? Where, Where do I need to get better in my life? And this is what the season's about. So that's the first part of repentance is is acknowledging and recognizing that. that. That's the first part of Lent, really. It's to acknowledge and recognize and to say, what are my sins? To look at yourself and to recognize your own sins. Are you with me still? Great. Great. You still love me, right? (laughs) And I'm going to preach it anyway, so. (laughs) And then comes the second part. The second part's important. To look away from yourself and to look to Christ. Let's look at verse 15. This 
Isaiah does that right here in verse 15. The, the latter part of verse 15, he says, The Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no one to intercede. In fact, the King James Version says it like this. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So we've got to look at ourselves, recognize our sins. Then we've got to look away from ourselves and look to Christ. And I think a lot of us get hung up in between one and two. We look at ourselves, we look at our sin, and we say, oh, you know, I'm just never going to measure up because I'm full of sin. Right? I'll never be able to be used by God in the kingdom of God. We had a wonderful leadership class this morning and we, we talked about these things and, and many of us don't get up in the morning and look, at, look in the mirror and say, man, you are just a stunning, stellar man of God and you look great and you live great and you just got it all together. You know, most of us don't get up in the morning and do that, right? We get up in the morning and we, we're very aware of our own failures and our own shortcomings. And we kind of stop there. Well, it's important to acknowledge and recognize that you have sin in your life. You have stuff that you need to deal with. But it's important to look away from yourself and look to Christ. The King James Version says that he was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So before Jesus became a man, he looked out over the world and he saw all the sin and he was appalled at what he saw. And what appalled Jesus the most was that there was no one to intervene. There was no one to rescue the human race from its sin. That appalled him. So Christ did this himself. Listen to the battle gear that Christ wore for you. Look at verse 16. So then his own arm brought him salvation and his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. A lot of people picture Christ as wearing this Middle Eastern robe. Uh, and that's, that's true. Jesus did wear a robe. But do you see what else he wore as he went into battle for us? Recognize what he did for you. He wore righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He was wrapped in a cloak of zeal and he would take, the Bible says, vengeance against Satan for all the evil that he had done in our world. Jesus will take that. He'll do that. Recognize what he did for you. And as you're really doing the soul searching through this season, you need to remember and understand that judgment day is talked about in these next two verses. Look at verse 18. According to their deeds, according to their deeds, this is the next slide, I think, guys, verse 18. So will he repay wrath to his adversaries, repayment to his enemies, to the coastlands he will render repayment. So these are the people who refuse to repent of their sins and turn to Christ for forgiveness. And it's, Important that you and I acknowledge our sins and turn from them. There are those who refuse. And on Judgment Day, Christ will speak to these people some very harsh words for their rejection of Him. And on that day, everyone will see His glory. Verse 19 says it this way. 
So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a rushing stream, which the wind of the Lord drives. But what about those who do repent? Who take a look at themselves and acknowledge their sins and do turn to Christ for forgiveness and for help to live a new life. What about you? What about me? What about those who live in this state of acknowledging that I'm a sinner in need of forgiveness? That I'm a sinner who needs the working of the Holy Spirit to live a life that honors God? That I'm a person who can acknowledge that all have sinned in Romans 3.23 and fall short of the glory of God? What about people who say, you know what? Yeah, I've got sin in my life, but I continue to come back and live in this perpetual state of God, I can't, but I know you can and I'm weak and I know your strength is made perfect in my weakness. God, I need you. What about people who humble themselves before the Lord and say, God, I can't be the husband you want me to be, the wife you want me to be, the, the man of God you've called me to be. I cannot do it on my own. What about those people who are truly broken and have a contrite spirit? We talked a few weeks ago about David and about Saul and about the difference because of the heart, the condition of the heart, the man that is broken and who says, I cannot. So I'm humbling myself before you. What about those people? So don't get caught up as you're, as you're going through Lent and as you're taking the ash and, and rubbing the cross, if you will, so to speak, to, to acknowledge. Don't get caught up in the muck and the mire of your sin because Jesus already came and he paid the price for you. That's why he put on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. That's why he fought the battle for you. That's why he went into the, into the wilderness and he fasted and he prayed and he, he fought the enemy for 40 days and he went through temptation. He went through all the mess. He did that for you so that he could come out victorious so you can come out victorious. So we have to stop living like we're victims and start realizing that we are victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we live in that state of, amen. We, we live in the state of acknowledging our, our sinful human ability. But you don't stay there. You acknowledge who he is and what he's done. See, the enemy wants nothing more than to keep you down. Squashed down. You'll never measure up. You'll never be the husband that you're called to be. That's baloney. You will be and you can be through Christ. Men, listen up. You can be a mighty warrior for God. You can be victorious. You can overcome all the temptation and all the wiles of the enemy that seek to destroy you through the blood of the Lamb. Women, children, young people, like every single person on the face of the earth. God has come to give you life and life more abundantly. It's time that you realize that you're not a victim, you're a victor, and you start living like that because you're victorious through that blood of Christ that flows through you. So what about you? This is what our final verse says. And a redeemer, verse 20. And a redeemer will come to Zion to those in Jacob who turn from transgression. Turning from transgression means to repent of their sins, declares the Lord. So Lent is really nothing super weird, crazy. It's time of spring cleaning. It's time over the next 40 days as we're preparing for 
celebrating the greatest Sunday, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. But like I said, over the next six Sundays leading up to, it's time for you to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal more and more areas that you need to surrender to the Lordship of Christ. Say, you know what, Lord, this is a sin I've been struggling with. But through 40 days of prayer, of repentance, of brokenness, of focus, God can relieve you and set you free of those things that you've not been able to deal with. You give them to Him. You say, God, I can't, but you can. And there's some of you right now already in the room that are saying, well, no, I can't give that up, and I know I'm not going to. I've already tried that before. You are lying to yourself, and you're believing the lie of the enemy. And I want you to understand that there's power in positive confession. Out of, the Bible says, out of the mouth come both blessing and cursing. This should not be. The tongue is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And we often speak those words here, up here, and we speak defeat over our own lives. Do you know that? And God says to speak life. And we'll talk about the tongue more. That's something we got into in our partners class last week. It's a great conversation that we had. But listen, don't entertain those words up here that say you'll never you can't. That's not God's will. It doesn't mean you won't have hardship and difficulty in life, but you need to start speaking life. You need to start speaking blessing over you, over your marriage, over your children, over your household, over your job. Everything in your life, you speak life. You have power and authority through His Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. So during this season of focus and introspection, don't get caught up in your head with all the bad, all the negative. And we started this, the message to help you see you're a sinner, saved by grace. So am I. But you know what? There's victory. It's a time of soul searching, acknowledging, and realizing that, yes, all have sinned, but we don't stay in that place. Does that make sense to you? I want you to grasp that and understand that. You look deep within yourself and you acknowledge your sin, but then you look to Christ who won the battle for you and you receive his forgiveness. Pastor Zach opened up the sermon, uh, the, the worship time, by saying, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's not just freedom in our worship on Sunday morning. That's freedom in our worship as we live our day-to-day -day lives. God has not come to give you a spirit of death, but a spirit of life. He's come to bring victory and freedom in every area of your life. And you live like that. You live with that power, with that anointing. The forgiveness of sins that was won for you on the cross. You acknowledge that. That's why many Catholic folks, they put the, the cross on their head, acknowledging that my sins have been forgiven. Lent is a time when you grow in your appreciation for all that Christ has done for you. Not only, not only to become more aware of your sins, but to acknowledge what Jesus has done for me. And not just six weeks from now on Easter Sunday. Every Sunday. Throughout the week, this is my prayer, is that you, you have a, a focus on the reality of your humanity. And then when we come together, man, let's celebrate that Christ died for that reality. The bad choices I've made. The sin choices that I've made. And He loves me too much to leave me right there. You become more aware of just how much your Lord Jesus loves you and that he would do all these things for you. Man, I hope that you grow in a deeper, greater appreciation and awareness of God's amazing grace and his love for you. Recognize who you are. The last part of Lent
is leaving that sin behind. Quitting the sin that you've acknowledged in your life. Some have compared it to quitting smoking, maybe. That's an example. It's a very difficult thing to do sometimes. To quit a certain sin. Uh, to leave a favorite sin behind. <laughs> we all have those things that we grasp a hold of. Well, the next 40 days, this is what I suggest you do. Um, and some of you are... I've said this before, and I just want to say it one more time. I don't want you to get overwhelmed. I've given opportunities uh, for people to read through the Bible in a year, and some of you are doing that. That's awesome. And you, Some of you are in a Bible study, you're reading. But some of you, maybe today you're here, and you don't have any specific focus uh, track that you're on to get into the Word and to get some focus. So listen, if you don't, here's an option for you. The Gospel of John. Uh, and the way this breaks down, if you want to give up something for Lent, um, you give up food. A lot of people give up meat on every Friday. They don't eat any meat. And there's, there's, there's certainly different suggestions for Lent and giving things up. Some people don't eat dessert for a whole 40 days. I, don't, I think that's hell, actually. No, I'm kidding. I like, I like sweets. Uh, who am I kidding? Um, but in all seriousness, you give something up. And here's what I would suggest. Pair that with and, and partner that with, you know, the, probably some of the, one of the most precious commodities that we have is our time. Right? There's never enough hours in the day, we all say it. But learning how to live in rhythm and flow and balance in your life and, and giving time to the Lord, I suggest you give up a half hour a day. Sit down with your Bible for a half hour a day. Read a half of a chapter of the, of the Gospel of John every day. And if you do a half of a chapter, it'll take you about a, maybe a half hour or less. It'll take you 40 days to do it. So there's a, there's a suggestion. Start in John chapter 1, Wednesday. You know, I don't, don't want to mess it up and start today. Just screw up the whole thing. No, I'm just kidding. Again, just trying to give some helpful little... Uh, read those verses slowly, though. And think about the words that you're reading. And then evaluate yourself and ask the Holy Spirit. Think of your sins and then rejoice in God's forgiveness. Rejoice in God's forgiveness. Let's say that together. Rejoice in God's forgiveness. Let that keep going on here and eventually it'll sink down to here and it'll affect and infect every part of your life. Let God strengthen you through His Word during this Lenten season. And let God help you to quit certain sins that you want to get rid of in your life. It's hard. That's Lent. And, and maybe this may be something that, that you do, not just these 40 days leading up to Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, but throughout your entire life. You know, we're leading up to, as a church, you know, we've got plans already for Good Friday, for a Saturday before Easter, then for Sunday, and, um, and, and it's a time that we as a church need to, we must capitalize on getting the gospel message out there during that weekend because it's a time when most people are receptive, right? So I would ask you to be corporately praying and collectively praying together that God would use our church to 
to affect a multitude of people with the gospel message of hope and of grace and of mercy and that we serve a God of second chances. There will be a day of judgment, right? Today is a day of God's grace. You're still alive. The people that you come in contact with, at least most of them, they're still breathing, right? They've still got life. Bring the life and the love of Jesus to the world that God has put us in. But as we are preparing for um, this great holiday season, it's a time for you to really prepare personally and spiritually. And I would encourage you, don't take your foot off the pedal, right? Keep your foot on the pedal. What I mean, keep going after God. Don't let up. Some of you have been in this 40 days, and, and I know I've spoken to several of you. You're still fasting. You're giving up this or that. Well, Ash Wednesday is Wednesday. It's a time of just kind of reassessing where you're at and refocusing your priorities. Amen? Amen. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? Spring cleaning. Get out your mop. Get out your broom. It's time to do some house cleaning, right? And I encourage you to, uh, to go deeper, to go deeper. If you're new here today and maybe you're uh, not, you know, it was Kevin said it earlier, uh, maybe new to the church, uh, we, we really would love to connect with you if you don't already have a home church. Um, maybe you're here in this church and you just don't feel like you're connected, but this is your church. The best way we know how to help you is you go to the new here area, just turn in that little connect card at the bottom. Liz is over there and she's super sweet and nice. She's just amazing. She's got a free gift for you um, over there. But if you, can, if you give that connect card, it helps us to be able to make a connection with you. I met a young man this morning just kind of looking for a place to get to know people in a, in a group this size, especially if you're an introvert like me. It's hard to just go up and talk to strangers, right? Uh, but if you just fill out that card, we'll get in contact with you and help you to get plugged into a small group, whether it's our young adults. We have a, a 18 to 20-something group that meets Monday night at 630. Is that right, Josh and, and Misty? And uh, that's, gonna, that's awesome. And uh, maybe you're here and you're a young adult in that category or wish you were in that category. Um, <laughs> no, it's 18 to 20-somethings. Um, and it's a great group, or maybe you're a single, and you're 30, or you're a single mom, um, or a single dad. We, we want to help you get connected, because life is hard, and you weren't created to do it all alone, uh, but we need your help in connecting you, and that's, that's where we're at as a church, about relationships here at Centerpoint. Um, ultimately, that relationship with God is the goal, but He didn't create you to do that alone. Did you know that? To do it with others. So I see Bruce and uh, Vicky back from Florida. Welcome home. You guys are nice and tan. We hate you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we love you. Been in Florida for like five weeks, and God bless them. But the, our youth ministry meets tonight uh, at 5 o'clock. Is that correct for the teenagers? And so there's a lot going on from the youngest to the oldest. Uh, we want to meet people where they're at. Um, and we're, we're not here to grow programs, folks. We're here to help you grow, grow people. We want you to grow as a disciple and a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do that by getting into the word and by re being real with ourselves. Amen. Uh, Pastor Zach, why don't you come and close us in prayer. And, uh, and we will see you guys next week. God willing, I'll be here. We'll, and I don't know if we have any other announcements you need to make. But God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Pastor Zach. Yeah, no Is that on? It's on now.
All right. Um, and I know we said it a lot, but I just want to reiterate, we really want to make a connection with you. If you uh, come in here, uh, we want to get to know you. We want to talk to you. We, want, we don't want you to leave without talking to somebody. So please go see Liz. She's awesome. <laughs> so let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you that uh, you are here.